Good morning, Good morning everybody. <coughs> okay, well, good morning, everybody. Let's, uh, let's pray for our Sunday school. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you once again this morning. Thank you for this moment just to open your word, Lord, and to, to look at some verses in, in your word and to maybe just understand them and, and be able to, to apply them to our lives, Lord. And I ask you, Lord, just to be with us this morning, Lord, and just help us learn. Open our hearts and our minds and clear us of any thoughts that would, that would keep us from, from learning your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, we're, we're continuing down that, that road about walking with God and, <clears throat> and the different aspects of that. <clears throat> What's wrong, Claudia? She's telling me my tie's messed up or something. She's back there having a fit. You want to come fix it? Okay. So um, we're talking about walking with God. And, and it, it, you know, we hear that term and we really need to understand it. We've been in it for for many, many weeks now because it's, it's a lot to it, you know, that we really need to break down and understand what the Bible tells us instead of just getting a little general overview. And, and today we're going to talk about walking by faith. And I think this is probably, probably the most important and probably the hardest to comprehend, okay, is walking by faith. And, and Christians, we need to live our lives that walking by faith, and, and that's, like I said, that's probably the hardest thing to do. And we're going to look at that, walking by faith. So let's start off with um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in verse 7. <clears throat> the Bible says, For we, and it's talking about Christians here, not the world. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. And that's a Christian. And if you're a Christian, and you're walking by faith, not by sight. That means your faith is in God for everything from your daily existence to your to your future, to your protection for your family, to every aspect of your life is faith in God. And it says not by sight because it's nothing you can see. We can't see God, okay? So it's not by sight. You know, you can have faith in these pews because you can see them. And you know when you sit down, you're, you're, you, know, you don't sit down and go, oh, is it going to hold me? You know it's going to probably hold you, okay? But that's faith in sight. We're talking about faith in things you cannot see, which is God. But yet God says, and the Bible teaches us, that that's what our faith should be as a Christian, that our faith should be how we walk and how we live, how we behave, how we conduct ourselves should all be based on our faith in a God we cannot see. <clears throat> and faith, of course, is belief or trust, right? You have faith, you believe and trust. Like you go to work and you work all week and you have faith that you're going to get a paycheck, right? And you do get a paycheck. That's because you have a belief that you're going to get that paycheck. And, and the biblical words for faith, they display the idea of, of and, and we're talking about biblical. We're not talking about sight anymore. We're not talking about worldly faith. We're talking about biblical faith. Those are ideas of firmness because God's promises are firm. Okay, they're not wishy-washy. They stand the test of time, right? They're also, this faith means surety and it, it means establishment, something that's established, Right. And that's what God is. And it's a belief 
a faithfulness. God gives us faithfulness because we can trust him because he does not lie, right? So let's go to Psalms 37. Psalms 37. And 3 through 5 is what we're going to read. Psalms 37, verses 3 through 5. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord. That's faith right there. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. There's a promise right there. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Bring what to pass? Anything you need. Trust in him, and he will bring it to pass. Right? And this is in the Old Testament. It was a basic thing, right, back in the Old Testament. A basic demand is you had to have a right attitude towards God. And that's what we're looking at here. And that's that. that this is faith right here. It says, you know, commit thy way to the... To the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Trust in God, and he will bring it to pass. If you live your life trusting God, he will take care of you in everything. Okay? And that's the, that's the place we have to get to. You can't have a limited trust for God. Or maybe just trust him on Sunday when you go to church. You have to trust him with everything, and that's very hard. It's very hard for, especially I know it's very hard for men to do, because we're supposed to be in control of our family and and leading our wives and leading our children and, and in charge of everything. But yet we have to do that with trust in God. And that's hard, right? So let's look at Genesis. Genesis 15. Genesis chapter 15. And let's look at some verses here about trusting God. Genesis 15. And I'm going to read, start reading in verse 3, actually. We're going to read 3 to 6. The Bible says, And Abram said, said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Okay, this is very important. The word of the Lord came to him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And here's the part. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. He counted it to him for righteousness. So this is Abraham, right? Abraham's old. His wife Sarah's old. They have no kids. They've been trying for a long time, but they have no children. And the one kid that's in his house is not even his. Okay? And he's, he's telling God, the, the one kid in my house is that's going to be my heir is not even mine. And God said, and this is... The word of the Lord came to him and said, you will have a kid. He said, come outside, look up, see those stars? Can you number them? No, you can't. But because of that one child that I'm going to give you, that's going to be how many, how many descendants you have. You're going to have a great nation come out of you. 
out of your seed, out of your bowels, right? That's exactly what he told him. And, you know, here's Abraham. Can you imagine that? You've, you've been trying to have a kid for 100 years, and God says, you're going to have one now. You're old and you're falling apart, but you're going to have a kid. And what did it say? It says, Abraham believed the Lord. And he, that to him was righteousness. How can that, I mean, think about the amount of faith it took in God. Do we have that in our lives? We need to. I mean, I remember a time we, we me and my wife talked about selling our old house. And we prayed about it. And, you know, I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll pray about it. So we prayed about it, you know. And somebody came to us and said, hey, I want to buy your house. It wasn't even on the market. We hadn't even talked. We just prayed about it. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So I threw them an offer and they go, okay, we'll pay the exact offer you just said. That wasn't, that wasn't you know, a realtor.com did that. God did that because he decided it was time for us to move. You know? That's faith. That's amazing. That's the work of God. And I know that may be silly, but that was just amazing to me. I was like, wow, that really worked, you know? Um, but look at Abraham. He, Abraham believed in the word of the Lord and he accounted it to him righteousness. Okay. Let's look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. <clears throat> Psalms 119 in verse 42, the Bible says, So shall I wherewith to answer him and reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. Who's he talking about? He trusts in God's word, right? He's trusting in the word of the Lord, okay? Not in anything else. He trusted in the word of the Lord. And that's what we are urged to do, to trust in the word of God, right? In the Old Testament, we know that God spoke to people directly in time at times right he also spoke to him through visions and 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 through prophets and through dreams at times right and they believed him they believed god back then right and then in the new testament there was a period of time where they actually had jesus here and he spoke to people face to face and they had faith in him they believed him well some did right today what do you have we don't have visions. We don't have dreams. We don't have prophets running around, right? God doesn't speak to us directly anymore. He's not going to be in a burning bush. If, if I walk up on a burning bush, I know it's on fire. I need to get a fire extinguisher, right? Okay? And Jesus has left. He's ascended. They tried to kill him, but he arose and went to heaven. So he's in heaven with God. So he's not here to talk to us. How do we get, our, how do we get the word of God today? Right here. He said, I've given you my word. It's in this Bible. And I've also went a little bit extra. What did he do? He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us in this word. That's what we need to put our faith in. Okay? So, let's look on. Let's go to Psalms 22, and verses 5 and 6. Psalms 22, verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> Psalms 22, verses 5 and 6. The Bible says, 
They cried unto thee and, and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about, he says, I, I, I was confounded, right? <clears throat> it says, I cried unto thee. So here he is, he's crying unto who? To God. And when he cried unto God, he had to have faith because you can't see God, right? He's not there sitting next to you. You cry unto God and it says right there, it says, cried unto God and were delivered. They trusted in thee. They trusted in who? God. And were not confounded. They were not ashamed. So today, are you ashamed to have faith in God? Are you ashamed to tell people what God's doing for you in your life? You know, or do they think it's silly? Like my, my selling the house story. Would I tell that to people or would I be like, they're going to think I am crazy. You know, we've all heard stories of somebody that they had a maybe a, a, a disease that would that would take you to death. And they had faith in God and they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then they went and had a test at their doctor and it was gone. And the doctor's like, I don't know what happened. That's because the doctor has no faith in God. But God can do anything. OK, the Bible even teaches us that if you have enough faith if you have the faith of a mustard seed, which is tiny, you can move a mountain. How? We can't move mountains. But God says, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. No, do I believe you can actually move a mountain? Yes, I do. I believe if I could have enough faith to truly have enough faith as, as tiny as a mustard seed, I really feel that if God wanted to and I walked out there and said, okay, mountain move, it would move. Not because of me, but because of God's power. Because he would look down and go, you have that much, that much faith. But we know that's, that's hard to have, right? Even the disciples, they even questioned Jesus in his face. One of them denied him three times before the, the rooster crowed, right? But they still got back up and they still followed God. That's the faith we have to have. <clears throat> Let's look at Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, verse 5. The Bible says, Trust in the Lord. Here we go. People write this all over their, their walls in their house and bumper stickers, right? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Huge verse, right? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That means have faith in God 100%. Not 99%, not 75%, 100%. You should have faith in God. And right there, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. But the second half of that, and lean not to thine own understanding. So don't trust in what you can do. Trust in what God can do for you. Have that trust. Okay? Trust. That's living by faith. And, and we're to have faith in God himself. And the Lord, the Lord is the only worthy object to have complete 
100% wholehearted confidence in. There's nothing else you should have 100% confidence in. You can go buy brand new tires and put them on your car and you should not have 100% confidence in those tires, right? 100% confidence comes from the Lord only, okay? And this is the concept of faith that is common. We see very common in the New Testament, right? The words of faith, the words for faith in the New Testament are used over 300 times. Okay, so you think it was important? Yeah, I think it was. I think faith is very important because we need to walk by faith. Let's go to Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke 24. If I can get there. Luke 24, and we're going to start in verse 25. Luke 24, verse 25, the Bible says, and this is Jesus speaking to us. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So what are we talking about? We're talking about, he's talking about have faith. Have faith. And faith means that this is our primary confidence is, 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 is trust that's based on God's promises. Nothing we can do. It's God's promises. And we understand God's promises how? Through his word, through his Bible. That's where you get the promises for your life. That's where you get the direction for your life. This is your guidebook right here. This is it. This is where you get your faith. If God says in this Bible that you are going to have a brand new Ferrari, then you better believe it. You're going to have a brand new Ferrari. Whatever is in this Bible that God says it is true. And you have to have faith in that. Okay. And, and the New Testament affirms the Old Testament definition of faith. Right. And it further extends it to the need for faith on the convergence of the, of the proper object of faith. And what is the proper object of faith? That's Jesus Christ. Right. He is our object of faith. Okay. He came to this earth in a, in a fleshly form and he walked with us. He died for us. So we may have salvation. Now we have to have faith in him. Now think about it. You can't see God. But there's people that saw Jesus. There's people that saw Jesus die. There's people that saw Jesus after he arose from that grave. There's people that saw that grave empty. And they wrote it down. Have faith in this God. He's the only God that died and rose and went to heaven. There's many other gods on this earth and they're dead and they're rotted in the ground somewhere and they're never going to rise. Okay? Have faith in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. You know, we're talking about faith and think about the problems in your life, the things that concern you, things that are bothering you, things that you pray for. You know, are you praying for your kid's salvation? Are you praying for, you know, healing for somebody? What are you praying for? Well, if you're praying for it, have 100% faith that it will happen. If you're praying just because, well, this is, this is my last ditch effort. You know, oh, God's all I've got. The doctors have already written me off. 
No, God should be your first effort, not your last effort. Because no matter what the doctors do, it's God's decision. You know, no matter what what the world does around you, no matter what influence is on your children, it's God's decision. But you have to have faith. Okay, let's look at Colossians chapter three in verses one through three. The Bible says, if ye the if ye then be risen with Christ, those are Christians, seek those things which are above that's in heaven. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid in Christ, uh, hid with Christ in God. Okay? Set your affections, right? That means set your mind on things of heaven. Because once you're saved, you're out of here. This world is not yours. Remember, we're visitors, okay? The people that are unsaved, this is their world, and they'll die and stay here for a time, and then they get to go somewhere for eternity. But if you're saved, God says, don't put your mind on things of this earth. Don't think about that Ferrari. Think about things in heaven. And what are the things in heaven we need to think about? Well, we need to think about where we're going to be one day, but then we need to think about those people that we would like to be there with us. Maybe our family members, maybe complete strangers, maybe people at work, maybe the, you know, the cashier at the store. It doesn't matter. But think about them because they don't know Jesus Christ. They have no faith. They have no promise. Right? No promise of heaven. They have promise of an eternity somewhere else. Okay? But they're still God's creation. They don't need to go there. But it's up to you to tell them. Okay, and that's the faith we're talking about. So this is was Paul. He he was he told us to walk by faith and he he's recommending a life committed to God and his word. And this kind of faith has a profound should have a profound effect on a Christian's life. If you get saved and there's no change, there's a problem right there. And it's not a problem with God. It's a problem with you. But walking by faith is believing what God said. In his word, right? And it means living the way God commanded you in spite of any obstacles in your life. Okay? So if, if you're saved and God tells you, you know, to like children, if you're a child and you get saved and it says submit to your parents, you submit to your parents. Wives, submit to your husband. And it says submit in everything. Husbands, Love your wives. It doesn't mean love them, you know, when they're being nice to you. Love them even when there's trouble. Okay? That's what a Christian does. And why do you do that? Because you have faith in your wife? No. Because you have faith in your husband? No. Because they're going to let you down. You have faith in Christ. Okay? So... We are to look forward, and right here we're looking at this verse, it says we're to look forward to the eternal things of God, not the temporal, fleshly, worldly things of this world that are going to rot and go away. We're supposed to look forward to the eternal things and allow those eternal values that, that are in heaven affect us today while we're in the earth. That's how we're supposed to live in faith with Christ, right? So what does having faith in God get you? 
Okay? Well, let's look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Mom, are you watching the clock? I knew it. I'm not. Proverbs 28. 26. 28, 26. The Bible says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely shall be delivered. Faith in Christ gets you what? It gets you delivered. Delivered from what? Well, you get, get you salvation, right? But it also delivers you from trouble in this world. He protects you. He'll keep you from trouble. You're still going to have trouble in your life. It's not going to be like this prosperity gospel that some people teach you about. You're going to have trouble, but he's going to be there with you. And he's already defeated the trouble before you get to it. You just have to have faith that he's there, right? So let's look at Jeremiah 17. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Wow, there you go, right there. And maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Okay, so you don't trust in God, you're cursed. You're going to fail. You're going to suffer. It's going to be a bad day for you, right? But the flip side of that is what? Trust in God. Have faith in God. And guess what you'll be? You'll be protected. You'll be blessed. Be, you'll be all the good things that you want, right? Have faith in God. Ezekiel 33. Let's go there. <clears throat> Ezekiel 33, 13. Ezekiel 33, 13, the Bible says, When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trust in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. For, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. So if you have faith in yourself, in your little sinful ways, you're going to fail and you're going to die. And it doesn't say it's going to be a nice death, right? You know, so what does that mean? That means the flip side, if you have faith in God and everything you do, you live your life with faith in God that he will, he will protect you. He will lead your life and he's going to let you have a full life all the way till he's ready for you to come home. Okay, let's look at Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. Let's see if I can find it now. There it is. Hosea chapter 10, verse 13. The Bible says, Ye have plowed wickedness, ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou didst, didst trust in the way in thy way, in the multitude of thy mighty men. So what are you doing here? Well, this basically boils down to you. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap, right? You have no faith in God. You live your life doing what you want to, when you want to, and you're living in iniquity. You're living in sin. You're just going through your life living how you want to, okay? You have no faith in God, okay? You're going to reap what you sow. And believe me, it's not going to be good for you, right? 
In the Old Testament, you know, we saw like it was talking about having that complete faith in God, a complete faith in God. And we need this today. We need a complete faith in God. I mean, Abraham had faith in God that he would have a child and he was old, you know. What about when he had Isaac on the, on, on the, on the altar and the, the knife raised in the air, ready to just kill his own son? But yet in his heart, he had faith that even if he killed his son, that God would raise him. Because God already told him that Isaac was going to be that seed, right? He was going to, how could he have a, 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 a great nation if he killed him? He had faith. He had faith, right? So let's look at let's look at Numbers chapter thirteen. Go back in the Old Testament. There's a lot. If you read the Old Testament, there's a lot of great stories of of, of complete faith in God and, and how it turns out for them. Numbers chapter thirteen and verse thirty. Let's look at this one. This is another good one. It says, <clears throat> "Sorry, then the priest shall see the plague." Am I in the right? I mean, Leviticus, that didn't look right at all. I'm not talking about plagues. Numbers 13, verse 30. Numbers 13, verse 30, the Bible says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Well, let's look at one more verse. In, in verse 14, or chapter 14, let's look at verse 6 through 8. These go together, and then we'll talk about them. In chapter 14, verses 6 through 8, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Judah, which were of, the, of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, This the land which, which we passed through and searched it, is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. What are we looking at? Well, this was, the Israelites are coming to the promised land, right? And they get there, they get on the border and they send all these spies in the promised land. And Caleb and and Joshua were two of those spies. And they went in, right? And we see that Caleb and Joshua, they believe God's promise. Because God said, I'll give you this land. This is the promised land, right? And we're talking about faith in your life. What does God promise you, right? Well, here they were. They come up against some obstacles, right? But they were still ready to obey God's command. What were those obstacles? Well, the 10 other spies that also went in the the Canaan land with them, they brought back evil reports. If we read the whole chapter, it says they brought back evil reports, right? They admitted, yeah, this is a beautiful land. It flows with milk and honey. Here's grapes this big and, and, you know, Dr. Pepper machines everywhere and everything you could ever want, right? Everything we could want is there. That is a wonderful land. It's great. Everything grows perfect. There's probably no mosquitoes, no fire ants. It's great, right? But, and God had already promised it to them, but what did they say? They said, but, there's giants there. There's the people of, I think it's Anak. Giants, giants, big, big, big dudes, right? There's also cities that are walled. And that was a bad thing back then because you have to go up against a walled city. You would waste a lot of troops trying to break through that wall and you would probably be unsuccessful. Right. There's also they named several people that were there, the Amaleks and the the Hittites and the Philistines and all these guys. They were all people of war. 
So there were some bad people in this land. And those spies said, "Mm -mm, we just stay right here. There's no way we can go over there. They had no faith in God, right? But Joshua and Caleb believed. They said, I don't care about all those obstacles. God said we have this land. God said he will give it to us. Let's go. And when did they say go? Did they say, oh, let's stay here and prepare. Let's build some swords and some catapults and build some airplanes so we can drop bombs. No, they said we shall go at once. Let's go right now. God said we can take it. How much faith is that? And look at your life. What obstacles do you see? What obstacles do you have in your life? What things do you have that maybe is from the past that's still dragging you down? Do you have no faith in God that he can't conquer this? He can conquer everything. He has promised us this. And we see it. What happened? They went in the promised land. He gave it to them. They walked around Jericho. Everybody knows the story of Jericho. They didn't do anything. They just marched around it. Blew their horns and yelled, and the whole wall fell. That's amazing, right? So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And verse 7. 5 verse 7. The Bible says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. We've talked about this. We walk by faith, not by sight. But here Paul is contrasting walking by faith and walking by sight because it's two different things, right? Walking by sight implies living according to appearances and trusting in your own power, your own abilities instead of God, okay? Walking by faith is living your life completely trusting 100% having faith in God and what he will do for you. Okay. The Christian faith is not a blind faith. It's not a, a, you talk, you hear about people, I'll take a leap of faith. That's not Christianity. And, And this would imply something that would mean, which we have little or no evidence of, right? It means that our faith would be in something that is not true or does not even exist. And that is not Christianity. The Christian faith is very rational, it's very logical. It's based on facts. Okay? It's, it's based on evidence. We have evidence all through the Bible. It's based also on historical evidence that is not biblical, that still support the Bible. It's based on eyewitness testimony of people that witness things from the very beginning of Genesis all the way through Revelations. We have eyewitness testimonies of God's, God's ability to take care of us, right? And It's also because we have good reason. We're able to reason and go, okay, this makes sense, right? It has evidence. It's just like being a police officer. If you have evidence of a crime that was committed, then you know what happened. And you look for the guilty party, right? Living by faith is the same way. It's living, not being closed-minded. We're not closed-minded and we're not ignorant like the world says. We live by faith because Christ told us these things. You have to believe in Christ. You have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And there's evidence, you know. I mean, if I went up here and jumped off the roof, you know, that'd be a leap of faith that I'm not going to break my neck, right? But that's not Christianity. There's so much proof that Christ died for us and he arose and he's in heaven waiting for us. And so all these promises are true. That's faith. That's what we need to have. 
Let's go on. Hebrews chapter 11. So Hebrews chapter 11 is basically the hall of fame of faith in the Bible, right? And it is the most extensive record of living by faith in the entire Bible. And we're going to read it. So follow along. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Now faith, and listen to this description right here. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, and by the, the which he, con, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out unto the place which he should, after he received for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they, they that say such things declare plainly that they see, seek a country. And truly, <clears throat> if they had been mindful of that country from whence they had came out, they might have had the opportunity to have returned. But now... They desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was, was tired, offered up Isaac, or when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called according that according that God was able to rise him up 
<clears throat> even from the dead, from whence he from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, <clears throat> leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made a mention of the departing of his children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to, to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he, hath, he had respect unto the, to be, unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that, that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians essayed to, to, to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, after they were passed about seven days. By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that, that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. And what shall I say more? For, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, and of, of Barak and of Samson and, and of Junith and David also and Samuel and of the prophets who were who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, rise to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Wow. Just that right there. Look at how much faith. That's a ton of faith. And that's years and years and years. And, and that's, that's people's lives. Hundreds of thousands of people's lives lived by faith. Look at the mighty things that God did by faith. Let's look at that. Just look at verses 1 and 2 again. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That's faith. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Okay, what are we talking about? Substance. Substance. That's realization, right? Substance in the King James Version Bible means ground or confidence, a basis, a foundation, something that's strong or it's a strong support. That's faith. It's not something weak. It's not something that, that we just go, oh, you Christians just have faith. Yes, but it's a strong foundation because it's built on Jesus Christ. Okay? It, it refers to something real. Our faith is real and it's based in something real. It's not based in something that, that's false or imaginary. Right? This world, the faith in the world is imaginary because it will fail you. Just like I said, I could buy brand new tires. I should not have faith in them because they will fail. 
Having faith in God will not fail. He will not fail you if you have faith in him. And the, the hope in, in this biblical sense, right? It, it is not some irrational leap of, of faith. It's not something that you just leap into the dark and hope something happens. No, it is something that's steadfast. You should have steadfast confidence because of why? Because it's God's word. It's his will and his plan in your life. That is the faith you should have, Right? So evidence, right? Evidence. What is evidence? Well, evidence means that it's proof. If I have evidence that somebody committed a crime, I have proof that they did that crime. I arrest them. Okay? Proof. That means you have a way of proving this. And we have a way of proving our faith because Jesus Christ died and rose and is in heaven. That's enough right there. But we just went through this chapter 11. How much more faith do you need to have faith in Christ? To put your faith in God. What else does he have to do to show you that he is the one almighty true God and nobody can stand against him? Nothing can stand against him. Right? That's the evidence. That's all the evidence we need. And that evidence should convince you in mind and heart that you truly need to put your faith in this God. Okay? Live your life by faith. It's not some blind faith. It's a faith based on evidence. Okay? So where is your faith today? Where is your faith today? This past week, or maybe let's say this past month, I don't know how far you want to go, but maybe even this morning, did you have thoughts in your mind that showed you had no faith in God? Did you say things or do things that display or show you have no faith in God? Did you say things to others that you shouldn't have? Did you say things that maybe shows you have no faith in Christ? No faith in God for your life, right? So what is your faith based in? Is it based on your abilities and your logic? Maybe your strength? Or is your faith based in Jesus Christ? That's what we need to think about. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you today, Lord, just... God, I just ask you to please, Lord, just open our hearts and our minds to this, Lord. Just do we have faith in you, Lord? And and we claim to claim that you're our Savior, Lord. And then then help us just have this faith, Lord. This this it's not a blind faith. It's not a, just a faith in nothing, Lord. It's a faith based on evidence and facts and, and truth, Lord. And I ask you just to help us, Lord, just to obtain this faith, Lord, that we may have that power to move a mountain, Lord, or to, to face any obstacles in our life, and nothing can hold us down, Lord. And I ask you just to be with us today as we continue to, to hear, hear of your word, Lord, and, and to learn more of you, Lord. Just draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.